Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Deanna Minnick. Welcome to the Color Can Heal Your Life podcast, where we explore how you can get some more color, creativity, and healing in your everyday life. We get to look at the spectrum of eating, living, feeling, and creating that you're all about. So let's dive into the inspiration and information rainbow that awaits us. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Deanna. Thanks so much for tuning in for another episode of the Color Can Heal Your Life podcast. And this one is, uh, oh my gosh, so interesting. I have such a fascination with living spaces. And that's what this podcast is all about. As I talk with Amanda Gates, who's really an expert at feng shui, all things space, all things healing. And there's so much of our space that says so much about our lives. And there are things that we can do in our space to help change things in our lives too. So get ready for this podcast. I would say get a piece of paper and a pen. There are going to be a lot of different tips that Amanda provides and resources. So here we go, talking about the healing power of space. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Deanna. Welcome to this episode of the Color Can Heal Your Life podcast. And today on the show, I have Amanda Gates. And Amanda does a lot with something that we have not yet talked about, but it is so interesting and extremely valuable. It's the science of space. And I would say it's the science and spirit of space. So we're going to delve into that. So welcome, Amanda. I am so happy to be here. I'm excited to talk with you. Oh, wow. I have a million questions. A million. Uh, And I've been looking at your stuff (laughs) and all the wonderful things that you're doing and transforming spaces. Before we dive into the the specifics, I do want to ask a very important question that I ask all of my guests. And that is, in this moment, what would you say is the color that you're most drawn to? What would be the color that you like the most? Oh, it's not the color of the moment. It's the color of the decade. It's pink for me, and it always has been. I love pink. Wow. And what kind of pink? Is it kind of a a magenta, like on the the deeper side, or is it a brighter pink, or is it a light pastel pink? All of the above. I'm I'm all for pink. And if you look through my portfolio of uh, the jobs that I've done, almost every job gets some form of pink in it because it's such a great healing color and it does such great things for our chi. Um, And I love how it doesn't matter if it's, you know, a lot of people will see that it it, or think that it's a feminine color, but it's actually quite good for our energy system. So I love pink, All, all types of hues. Wow. You know, that's fascinating. Talk a little bit more about why pink is good for all energy systems, because for me specifically, it's probably the only color I don't connect with as much as like my color is green. I love emerald green. Right. And so I don't think a lot about pink. I I don't even wear a lot of pink. And so I'm kind of curious, maybe I need to start doing more with pink. (laughs) So I'd like to hear your take just a little bit more on pink. Yeah, I think it's a, it definitely has some femininity to it, but it's kind of the the perfect color. 
in the sense that red is considered a highly auspicious color in feng shui, but it can be quite bold and a little bit goes a long way. And so pink to me with, you know, adding a little touch of white to that red color brings it down. You can get a magenta, you could get a soft pastel, you could get like a great raspberry. And I think too, just from an interior design perspective, pink goes with everything. It blends well with a yellow color scheme, a green color scheme, a blue color scheme, whatever you're working with, pink blends beautifully as a neutral. And so when we look at it from a healing aspect, pink is a very soft color and it really like I've got friends who are energy healers and they will look at people who are in an environment that has some pink in it or if they're wearing pink and it's a calming color it tends to kind of bring us to rest which is actually similar to what a green will do it brings our emotions to rest and so it's a great color if you know obviously if you're upset or frustrated or disappointed you don't want to wear red but pink is a great alternative because it softens the edges it softens the hardness and and calms everything down this is fascinating okay you and i are speaking the same language we're on that that color frequency which i um just adore i just feel like there's so much depth and wisdom in that space especially coming from traditional cultures like uh and really looking at traditions like feng shui which i know that you're you're such an expert in tell us a little bit about your journey into this and what you do base your assessments of space on specifically is it kind of a combination of many things is it strictly feng shui how did you get started in this and what do you bring to the plate as you are assessing something i'm so curious Uh, Well, I have a funny story as to how I got into feng shui. I was actually pre-med and I am probably the only interior designer that has a degree in biology with a minor in microbiology. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that. But my ex-husband and I, uh, he and I had purchased a home and, you know, it was the, the, we it was the worst house in the best neighborhood basically we had stars in our eyes and we were so flipping excited to have our first home and you know to be in this exclusive fancy dancy you know neighborhood but it required a lot of elbow grease you know we needed to fix this home up and after about a year and a half of remodeling and this is in the 90s it still didn't feel great i mean we had granite countertops and nobody had granite at the time and so I'm standing in this home and looking at beautiful chandeliers and paint colors and all of these amazing finishes and furnishings. And I'm like, this feels like crap. And I felt very entitled, like, who the hell am I to, you know, live in a beautiful home, which, you know, there are some people that don't even have a home and I'm sitting here going, but it doesn't feel right. And I thought, okay, if I could just make it prettier, if I just make it prettier, it'll be better. And so I went down to a Borders bookstore. Remember those? Oh, I do. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing in front of a sea of all of these decorating books. And it felt like, you know, three, four, five hundred books. And I'm like, oh, my God, which one's going to be the one? And and I'm thinking, OK, there's got to be a book here that is just it's going to be the right kind of pretty and it's going to fix everything. And, and I had this surreal experience where this woman walked up to me and said, darling, 
you don't need that book. You need those books. And she and I ended up becoming friends. Her name was Marlene. She taught metaphysics. She had a PhD in metaphysics, which I didn't even know was real. I thought for sure she was making that up. And But she taught at the, the local state college. And um, she was the one that introduced me to feng shui. And I remember opening up this book. I didn't know how to spell it. I called it the ominous F word. And I remember just devouring these books. I think it's why Borders went out of business because I read every book that I needed to while I was still there and didn't pay for them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's actually not true. I actually ended up bringing several home, but you know, I just kind of sat down on the floor and just started devouring these books. And it was like the angels were singing. I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is, this is my language. This is what is missing. This is why I don't feel right. And so that was kind of my journey, uh, the beginning of me falling down the rabbit hole. And at the time, I didn't know where to go to get the professional, you know, education. And so the first thing that kind of came to my mind was why I have to go to design school. That's like, that's the starting point that so I blew off med school. And just FYI, everybody's okay. My mother didn't panic. (laughs) (laughs) Blew off med school and I applied to one of the most prestigious uh, schools at the time in California and the idiots accepted me. (laughs) (laughs) And um, the rest is history. I I was blown away to find out that my space planning instructor, Marcy, was a grandmaster in feng shui. And so I knew, yeah, I knew, I thought, okay, I'm on the right path. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And this is where I'm supposed to be at. And so the rest is history. That's how I became a practitioner. That is fascinating. That is really, I I love that story. And what a great journey. I was also pre-med and decided to bail and go and study nutrition. So you and I are on the same path on that too, which is really neat. Um, So question, uh, what would be, it sounds like you're such a uh, a sleuth when it comes to books and really investigating and exploring, and I admire that when people are are seeking answers for what they intuitively feel like they need a, a response to. And so I'm curious, what would be a really good book, I don't know if you can think back to those days when you were at Borders and Um, in in the aisles, what would be uh, maybe one or two books that kind of stand out in your mind as, you know, these were the pinnacle books for me. These were head turners. Um, That is actually a really hard question to answer, knowing what I know now, because I get asked this question a lot and everybody wants to be guided to like the holy grail of how do I get into this? How do I get interested? And my honest opinion now being an advanced practitioner is there is very few good ones that are out there. I feel like a lot of them have a lot of misinformation and they are really cloaked in a lot of fear based thinking. And feng shui is actually quite beautiful and really quite practical. Uh, and I feel like a lot of the information that is out there is is really uh, fearful and don't do this and make sure you don't put this there and this, this can only go this way and you have to have two perfect nightstands if you want the perfect partnership and um, it's actually not that complicated. It's There's actually quite a bit of common sense to it and so I would say that if this is something that you're interested in, you know, find practitioners that you really uh, trust in and and follow. 
Um, we've got a lot of really great free information on our website, free articles, and we've got a great YouTube channel that has a lot of information. And that's stuff that I can back up because, you know, I've been studying for many, many years. I still work under a grandmaster to this day. I still have not found the perfect book. At some point, maybe I'll write one. I was just going to um, say, if, if it doesn't exist, maybe, yeah, having some thread of positivity in, in how it's done. It sounds like you're the person to do that. Yeah, I think that's the one thing that's really missing in a lot of the books. In fact, I, there's a very famous author that is in this industry that has many books out. And I was surprised they had a uh, article up online the other day talking about their new book that they launched. And she had some really great tips around uh, the way that you can use a specific adjustment. I think she had five tips and all five of them were all based on fear and I sent them to my grandmaster and I said, this is the, this is the biggest problem. Like people are going to read this and be like, oh my God, I have a thing here. And oh my God, you know, and it, it's, it, it really disappoints me that, you know, I, I think that a lot of people tend to not even take into consideration feng shui because there is so much, you know, uh, fear and, and, uh, just ill will around it because of those superstitions around it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think sometimes that those things propel people into action. It's kind of like what I do with food, that so many people are drawn to the messages around, you know, being against the industry or being against this and being uh, into toxicity when, you know, there's a whole other piece. It's the yin and the yang that we have to look at what is nourishing, what is pretty, what is fulfilling and empowering. But I, I, yeah, it's interesting that you have that take. So walk us through. I I mean, uh, I'm sure that um, you're just filled with so many great ways to perceive space. And I just don't even know where to start. I I kind of feel like, you know, if you walked into a space, I mean, I kind of feel like when I walk into a space, I get a sense of who the person is that lives there. There are so many things that are informing me. What are some of the things that go through your mind when you walk in a space? What are some of the first things that you're looking at? What What's most key? Uh, for me, it's always the energy. Uh, and that's what, what I'm always, my school is really uh, strong about is follow the chi follow the chi, you know, what's going on with the energy? How does the energy feel? And you really just talked about it right there of, you know, just really picking up on the vibe. It gives you so much information. And I think that we tend to be so busy and going so quickly in our lives that we're all getting this information. We're just tuning it out. We're not paying attention, right? We all get that gut feeling and Mm -hmm. we've all been in that home that, feels like a warm hug and you want to sit down and you can be so busy and all you want to do is just sit down with your girlfriend and you know have a chit chat over a glass of wine or some tea or something and we've all been in that house where we walk in and we're like oh no nope mm -mm, I want to get the hell out of here doesn't feel good (laughs) oh it's so true um so Yes, the energy. Um, for for those of us listening who may feel like that's an intangible, how do we tap into chi or prana or life force? Like, yeah, you know, there's that sense of it being very intuitive, instinctual. But can there be some practical things? I always say, let's make the practical spiritual. Let's make the spiritual practical. So are there some practical things that will key us into some of the energetic staples of a space? 
Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, first and foremost, how do you feel? I mean, tune into that. We all have that ability. We are like antennas and we, if we tap into it, we can truly be a conduit for how something makes us feel and pay attention to like, um, there may be a room in your house that you don't like to be in and you can't quite put your finger on what it is. And so, yes, energy isn't tangible, but we all sense it, feel it. You know, there's it's usually the explanation as to why you don't like to sit in a particular chair or you don't like to spend time in a particular space. And so always touch base with how you feel. And again, I think all of us are just so busy that we don't take the time to really tap in and tune in to how we're feeling. And, you know, some people are quite good at that and can immediately empathically know, like, this is what I'm feeling. And then others, it might be a little bit, you know, more difficult to, to tune into that. And so for those folks, I always say, start with, I have a system that I developed called the top five disruptors. So the the top five disruptors are what are screwing up your feng shui. And so those top five are pay attention to your front door. You know, what's going on in and around through your front door? Are you using your front door? Because it's really, really important. That is where all energy enters your home and revitalizes every aspect of your life. And so a lot of people don't use their front door. They use the back door and that's perfectly okay. Mm, That's true. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people come in from the garage. And Mm -hmm. so let's say you've done that for, I had a woman who had done that for five years and had never used her front door because the UPS guy would even come to the back door. And so, yes, mm-hmm. and that's the reaction that you should have because it's essentially like having your mouth wired shut. If you're a nutritionist and you've got a patient that has their mouth wired shut, can they really truly get the nutrition that they need? And how do they feel if they can't, a lot of people miss, like if they can't actually physically, like if they're juicing or something, the one thing that they miss isn't so much about the food that they're eating, it's the tangible, uh, chewing and, and the tactileness of having a meal and, and chewing it and putting it in their mouth. There's a whole other aspect to eating, and that's very similar to our front door. So, By the way, have- thank you for making that, that nice parallel into the world of food and eating. That makes so much sense. Okay, so number one, front door. Use the front door. Should we have certain adornments or things on the front door? What if we have a glass front door? Yeah, and that's perfectly okay. A door is a door is a door, as, okay. as professor, my professor would say. And the the most important thing is that if you really look at it as your mouth and, and where we get all of our nutrition, you know, think of a woman who, you know, uh, adorns her face with makeup and puts on lipstick and, you know, we all brush our teeth and we, we, we really take care of the health of our mouth. And so it's your front door is very similar. The more that you adorn her and take care of her and love on her, her and show her off, that's the kind of energy that you're attracting. And that energy is touching every aspect of your life, all the goods in life. So yeah, the more the merrier. Bingo. Okay. I, that, that so calls me. Okay. So what's number two? 
Number two is you just want to pay attention to the shape of your home. And so the shape is really important because we basically have energy centers within our home that are the bigs in life, like, you know, uh, relationships or money or career. And so if you have an odd shaped home, you could be missing one of those energy centers. You could be, maybe you're struggling to get the promotion at work and you're doing all these external things. You're doing all the right things and you just can't grasp that promotion. You keep getting passed up or something. So that's where you really want to pay attention to the overall shape of your home, because if you're missing that energy center, that could be the reason why. So I always encourage people to, I've got a great, um, uh, ebook on my website that's free and it teaches you how to draw out your floor plan so that you can get a sketch going to see just the overall outline of what the shape of your home is that in and of itself brings a lot of awareness to you because a lot of people don't pay attention right <laughs> a lot of people don't well, I'm just think. wondering how much can we do something about that so I live in a um in a home that has uh it's part of it is an a-frame you know it's got a very steep you know, uh, the, the roof is, is sharp, it goes up, but it's not the only part of the house. And so now I'm really curious, but I can't do anything about that. Right. Do I Absolutely have to strategically you can. put, Oh, I can. So tell me more <laughs> about that. <laughs> well, I would have to, I would have to see it. I, I would have to get a better idea of the, so the energy centers that I'm talking about, I, what I would have to do is take a look at the, the sketch of your floor plan and just see if you truly are missing any pieces because you may not be, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you may think that you do. So that's where putting it a pencil to paper can really give you some ahas like, huh, I had no idea. Excellent. And the other cool thing is, is that as you do this, you may find out that your home has a shape, like a very specific shape. And so in feng shui, when we, uh, like I had a, a gentleman that had a home and it actually looked like uh, a man jumping up and down. I know that's kind of <laughs> crazy, but it, wow. the shape of it looked like uh, mm. the central part of the home was the uh, bulk of the floor plan, but then there were like wings that were hanging off of it and it looked like if you were above a man jumping up and down elated. And so in feng shui, we take those things quite literal because it takes on that energy, it takes on that chi. And so one of the first questions that, you know, we asked was, you know, is this a very happy home? Is it a very exciting home? And they were like, yes, we're all artists and we love what we oh. do and we're so happy and joyous. And so that would be where there would be what we would call a little bit of a nuance there because at first glance you may say, oh, I'm missing all these pieces. But in, in reality, that, that shape was actually quite auspicious and really benefiting them. You know, it's so intuitive. It's so symbolic. It's mythical. It's, um, you know, it's just, I think if we tap into our right brain when we survey where we live, we get so much information. I, I love that example you just gave. Yeah. And, and without a doubt, it, it, you know, I love that you brought up the right brain because we spend so much time in the left brain, the analytical and focusing on the past and the, pre you know, and, and the future and not the present. And, I think that if we can really get into that more liquid, fluid form of, you know, how energy really works. And that's one of the reasons why I don't like a lot of the books that are out there is because it is so fearful. And like, you know, uh, uh, what I would call a green pea might look at that kind of a floor plan and go, oh, my God, you're missing all these things. This is awful. We need to change it. So, yeah. you know, it is 
quite intuitive and, and it's really about the feeling of it and really honoring the inspiration that goes on around it because it, you know, in that instance, it was quite beautiful and amazing. And it's like, you don't want to change a thing because it's working for them. You know, I have this very mystical relationship with homes that I've lived in. Um, my, my husband um, has remarked on this before. And even the home that we live in now, for about a year, I was envisioning it. And, you know, I could see it in my mind's eye. And I could see that we needed three floors. And I could see that I wanted a library. And I wanted something Scandinavian-like. And then one night, I'm sitting, it was very late, it was a Wednesday night, and I'm looking at homes, and all of a sudden, I saw it. And I said, Mark, this is our house. There was no question to me. And I feel like, you know, a home is such a massive purchase for people, but there's something so intuitive that comes into the 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 spirit of actually finding. It's like a, a romantic partner of sorts. Like, we are so in love with our home. It was like we've been looking for it and it's such a house that is not typical for our area at all so i just love um you know this idea of you know the shape of the home really it's almost like are you called by it the woman that bought our home previously she was so taken by the front door we had a red front door with a celtic knot a brass celtic knot and she said i didn't even have to go in the house like i i knew she wrote us a letter and everything about the connection she had to the home just through the front door. So everything you're saying makes so much sense and feels like it's very much connected into me emotionally of what you're saying. And I bet that so many other people listening have had this experience. Yeah, without a doubt, I actually have, um, and I've done a podcast about this, about the the five fundamentals of you know having a home and and what that looks like because you have to think in that way. Your home is a third skin, and it's literally a part of the family, and so you have to have that relationship with home. You have to because it, it that is how you survive that's how you thrive in life is you know through what most people think oh it's just a roof over my head but it's so much more it is intrinsic to who you are and what you do and how you live every day oh my gosh yes that's why I love talking with you about this um so number one number two what's number three so number three is what's called a knife edge, and a knife edge is basically where two uh, areas, typically a wall space, come together and create a point. But this can also come from furniture or a sharp uh, object, like a piece of sculpture or something like that. And this is important because let's say you have a knife edge coming at your bed. And so if you have a, a knife edge coming at your bed and it's quite close, this can bring on a lot of health effects. You can have or experience nervousness. Uh, a big one that I see is insomnia or inability to sleep. You just cannot fall asleep. And so from an energetic standpoint, you've got basically all this sharp shooting energy pointing at you or coming at you. And, you know, on this energetic sense, you're thinking, ah, what is wrong with me? Why can't I sleep? Why can't I go to sleep? And it's because you're getting inundated with energy. And so that can really affect you. And so we want to pay attention to those things because let's say, for example, you're sitting in an office all day and you've got a knife edge coming at you and you can't sit still. You think that you're a procrastinator. You think that you can't follow through. You, you know, you've got all these self-deprecating thoughts about you. And it's literally the feng shui. It's the energy in the space. And so these are things that we want to look at and pay attention to and listen to your language. 
a lot of times you'll have cues about what to look for or clues as to what to look for based on the things that you're saying. But again, we don't always slow down long enough to pay attention to those things. That's so true. Can we correct a knife edge just uh, quickly? You know, is there something that we can do about that, like maybe a screen or paint? Can we cover it up? Or is it if once you have a knife edge there, you just have to work around it and you've got to maneuver your furniture so that it's not intersecting with the knife edge? No, I mean, there's actually several things that you can do. Um, Some beautiful things that you could do is you could put a plant there or hang a plant from the ceiling to soften it. Um, I actually just, I'm working with a client now that has a knife, two knife edges in her bedroom and she and her husband both are struggling with severe insomnia. And I found this amazing woman in Idaho. She was on Etsy and I found this, um, they have a wool farm and she makes pom-poms out of the wool. And so I uh, had her make a pom-pom strand and we're going to hang it down the wall. So she uh, she's an artist and her husband's a creative. He's in the music business. And so they loved that idea. So you can get creative, too. You don't have to necessarily paint won't really do anything. But you, as long as you can put something uh, in front of it or near it or on it that softens it, then it won't have as much effect on you. Beautiful. OK, number four. Number four are our bathrooms. Yes, I couldn't wait for this one. (laughs) (laughs) I had it written down, like, if she doesn't cover this in the five, I definitely want to talk about the toilet seat, up or down, and just the bathroom in general. Yeah, the, the bathrooms are definitely one of the top five disruptors, only because, you know, the average bathroom, uh, powder room aside, but the average bathroom has four drains in it, and most master bathrooms have five drains in them. And so that can really zap your vitality, especially if your bathroom and your bedroom are connected, which is, you know, pretty common. So when you're sleeping at night, you think you're sleeping eight hours a day, but it's like the energy from your body is just going right out of you and going right down the drain. And so you wake up and you're like, ah, I'm so exhausted. Why am I so tired? And so you're literally uh, drained. Again, listen to your language. Mm -hmm you're drained and it's because it's literally going down the drain. And another thing that I see a lot in California is they will have the master bathroom, uh, to where the toilet and the shower are behind a door, but the sinks are actually in the master, the bedroom itself. Oh no. Open. So that can really have an effect on you as well because it's out and it's exposed. Mm -hmm. So the toilet seat doesn't, you know, that doesn't really make a difference up, down. I prefer down, but that's personal preference. And again, my professor would say that's a mundane issue. The big thing is, is keeping the door shut. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. um, and the best thing that you can do, depending on like, if it's in your master bedroom, the best thing would be to put a mirror on it so that when your chi is releasing from your body, it hits the mirror and comes right back to you. (laughs) Mm, Okay. Okay. So yes to mirrors and um, in, in feng shui, based on what I know, a lot of mirrors are used and so that's that's kind of a good thing right to reflect back the energy if the energy is um we don't want it to go somewhere yeah i mean it's said again and again that mirrors are the aspirin of feng shui and that's absolutely true i mean mirrors are so great because a lot of the type of work that i do in feng shui is known as transcendental we are working on an energetic level So the biggest myth is, is that, oh, you're a feng shui practitioner, you move furniture. 
and I don't touch furniture. I rarely <laughs> touch furniture. Everything I'm doing, I always joke around and I say, oh no, honey, I'm working in the fourth dimension. <laughs> <laughs> so like if we're looking at the visual spectrum and I always try to put this in perspective for people, if you look at the visual spectrum, it's like a hundred miles wide and what our visual human eye can see is only about one mile wide, probably half a mile of that. So a lot of what feng shui is about is just working on that energetic level. And so what mirrors are really great for is that they can absorb, they can push out, they can lift up, they can put down. So mirrors are great because on a transcendental energetic level, you can really manipulate the chi and the energy around you. So that's why they're so popular. Uh, can you speak briefly about crystals? Uh, for example, on my desk, I'm looking at, I have a bunch of, I'm very drawn to uh, quartz. And so I have a bunch of quartz, I have a bunch of amethyst. So the correlate, as I'm thinking about mirrors, is there anything to be said about crystals, gems, precious stones of various types and having those in your space? Um, not from a feng shui perspective. We don't really use a lot of uh, those types of things for actual adjustments. I, too, love crystals. I have a massive altar in my home. And, uh, you know, I buy crystals because they're pretty and because I'm drawn to them. Um, I've got, you know, I love quartz. I think it's beautiful. But, I, you know, I've got tons of lapis and malachite and rose quartz and all kinds of things. And I love crystals because of their healing properties and plus the color therapy. I love the color, you know, like I have a massive amethyst in my living room. And it's just because it's beautiful. I love the purple, the richness of the purple that uh, the amethyst is. But as far as adjustments go, we don't use crystals from a feng shui aspect of those. I think it's it's just a nice complementary thing to add to your home because of the healing properties that crystals have. Mm-hmm. And what about electronics? Is there anything that we can do to negate other than simply unplugging? Um, but uh, what about from a feng shui perspective, what could we do with electronics, electricity, certain hot spots in our home that carry a lot of that type of wavelength? Uh, yeah, so we actually are, mm -hmm. we actually, that is a hot topic in feng shui. Um, we've been talking about um, dirty electricity, EMF, um, all the bow biologist stuff for many, many years now. And it's, the biggest thing is, is that it is obviously quite depleting to our energy systems. And so what that does is it affects our personal chi. We have personal chi systems. And so when you have a lot of dirty electricity that's flooding into your office and then you combine that with the desktop and the phone and the iPad and all the electronics, again, you can feel quite fatigued. And so we are all encouraged to have meters with us so that when we go to a consultation, we can test those types of things and to see, you know, is it truly the knife edge that's causing the insomnia or is it the fact that both of your electrical plugs on either side of the bed are, you know, off the charts with dirty electricity. So that's something that we definitely pay attention to. One of the best things that you can get for the plugs are called Stetzer filters. You can plug those in and it absorbs it. They are fantastic. I actually just did a video on this on my YouTube channel where I went through and I put these plugs throughout my home. My plugs on either side of my bed, they are supposed to be at 40 hertz. I plugged in the meter to see where mine were coming in. They were both at 2,000. Oh my word. 
Yes, so dirty electricity is just basically where you've got a flood of uh, electricity coming into your home and it slams into your electrical plugs and it's 10 times more than you actually need. And so it has no place to go except for in the room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these filters just help grab the excess. And then things like your electronics, obviously the best thing is to stay off your electronics, you know, after hours if you don't need to be on them. Don't have your phone in your pocket all the time. Try to stay off of your phone or at least have some downtimes. Um, one of the best things to get the energy off your uh, system is to go outside and ground or walk in the grass and just get outside. It's one of the best things that you can do. And then inside, I encourage people to get salt lamps. I think that they help tremendously. Things like malachite crystals are really great. Quartz crystals are really great just to help absorb as much excess as you possibly can so that you feel your best and your personal chi is strong and vital. Perfect. And then number five, I know that listeners are probably thinking, wait a minute, we didn't get to number five. So maybe um, maybe we've covered something there already, but is there the, the last one that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, so number five is called command. We want to take command. And so what that means is that at our bed, desk, and stove, we always want to be in a position where we are in command, where we can see the door. And so this is this is where that common sense comes in. We are evolutionary beings. And so it used to be that when we were in a cave, we knew that the sides and behind us were protected. And so if a tiger lunged at us, we only had to worry about what was in front of us. If you, one of the things that I see all the time is everybody wants to have their desk up against the window so that they can look outside and see the pretty trees and the squirrels. And problem is, is that you have your back to the door. And so your fight or flight responses are, you know, screaming at you, alarm, alarm, danger, danger. You are going to be attacked by a tiger. And so what happens is, is that puts you into adrenal fatigue. You know, it can really heighten your stress levels. And what happens is that over time you can get quite stressed, you can get quite drained, um, and you'll start to lose opportunities because you're basically broadcasting this information. And so the same thing for your desk, uh, or excuse me, your bed. If you're not in command and you can't see the door, it can, again, affect your uh, sleep patterns and how well you sleep. It can affect things like uh, your blood pressure and how you feel, anxiety. So there's a lot of things around health issues if you're not in command in your desk and your stove. Uh, Your stove is the, the third one. If you are cooking, so this is really important with what you do. If you are cooking your food and you cannot see what's going on behind you, you may think consciously, well, I'm fine. I'm in my house. Everything's fine. Like, I'm not worried. But subconsciously, your internal system is screaming at you, danger, danger. And you're broadcasting that. And guess where it's going? It's going into your food. So that is really detrimental because then you're spreading that chi throughout your home. Like let's say you're feeding your whole family. So it can spread throughout, create anxiety, and it can also affect your finances. So that's why it's one of the top five, because if we can put all three of those areas in command, it just lightens the load so that when you're trying to accomplish something, your environment is actually boosting you and enhancing you rather than depleting you and affecting the results. 
Okay, that one also really speaks to me. Um, my husband is an acupuncturist, and so one of the things that he has said about me is that I have some heart fire issues because I startle easily. So he'll come up behind me and put his hand very softly on my shoulder, and I'll just I'll, <laughs> I'll just turn around <laughs> like, who is it? What are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, it's just me. And you know, he did, it wasn't even like it was a firm. Uh, hand on my shoulder any it's just like you're right the startle effect like I don't feel in command of the space it just shocked me and and I'm a person that's more shockable I guess so so yeah what you're saying about the stove the bed the desk um, all of that makes sense Uh, so I hope that people key into that Uh, the last thing you know I could just talk with you for hours I love everything you're doing um the, the last thing I'm thinking about is a bit different than feng shui. Uh, I studied with a shaman for some years. She's a Native American woman, and uh, she has some certain practices around the space. And one of the things that she talks about in terms of best practices is saging your space. And she has a certain way of either you clap in the corners up in the ceiling where um, you know things can get kind of stale and stuck or you can take white sage which is dried and bundled and you can walk around the home are there some best practices kind of like that that you see in feng shui that we can be doing on a daily basis that don't involve rearranging our furniture and kind of the bigger stuff but kind of like the smaller stuff that keeps us energetically clean and clear yeah and you know there's nothing wrong with saging it's not something that we're taught in feng shui we have other methods that we do to clear but they're essentially they're all going towards the same goal right we're trying to get the energy unstuck and and open things up and so i would take you back to the front door it's one of the best things you can do clean up your front door make sure all the lights are working make sure it's not dilapidated if it needs a fresh coat of paint paint it you know we'll put lipstick on it we'll call Um, and really freshen that up because that is going to revitalize all areas of your life. I actually have a client who um, had a very strange uh, home to where you couldn't get to the front door. There was actually a chain link fence all the way around the front of the home. And so nobody ever would go to the front door. They would go to the side door. And so her homework that I gave her was to start opening the front door every day. And I remember she kind of raised an eyebrow at me like, really, lady? this is going to make the difference. Like, and that she had actually asked me, can I sage or declutter? And I said, no, let's focus on the front door. I want you to open it every day for, you know, two to three minutes. And so she did it for just a couple of days and she landed one of the biggest projects she had ever landed in her graphic design business. And she's like, holy shit, lady, I don't know what this is about. I don't understand it, but I'm opening that front door every damn day now. (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) So that's a really, really important one. I, I can't, I can't underestimate or I can't, uh, say that the front door is not probably one of the most important of the top five just because it is literally the starting point for everything because it touches on everything and affects everything in your life so start using your front door it's a great way to cleanse your home because you're allowing and inviting in fresh new chi into your home and it touches all areas of your life so if you're stagnant somewhere stuck somewhere, things aren't going right somewhere, letting in that new flow of energy could be just the thing that you need to fluff it up, revisit it and get it going. The other thing, 
Oh, please, oh, go, ahead. go ahead. Oh, I didn't know you had more. That's great. I was going to ask you about what your front door looks like, because uh, I'm sure that that's like the role model for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Is it pink? <laughs> oh, God, I wish it was. No, I live in an HOA and it's brown. Okay. Oh, okay. I would love to paint it pink, but no, mine is, we have really pretty landscaping and I have a really pretty bench outside and I've got a, what's called a storm door. So here in the South, people know what that is. People out West have no clue what that is probably, but it's a glass door or screen door that's on the front. Um, now I will say I do have beautiful, fancy hardware that's, you know, I keep very, very clean and shiny. I have, um, the brightest bulbs that my electrician always laughs at me because I, I always have them come out and change out bulbs and stuff. And I was like, I want the brightest bulbs I could possibly get in those can lights because <laughs> you want to light up your life. You literally want to light up all your opportunities. And so, um, I have the brightest bulbs out there and it's just really inviting, you know, and I've got prayer flags above my door and I've got a ton of windmills and, you know, spinny things out in the yard and, you know, just really inviting and really, and I have a huge welcome mat and it's just all about the vibe and the energy and, and really feeling like, wow, I really want to, I want to go check out that house. There's something about that house that it's just, it's really warm and it's really inviting and it's, that's the special house. And, um, and the whole neighborhood knows this house because like, uh, we also name all of our trees. And so all of our trees have name tags and we refer to them by their first name. And so, you know, if new neighbors come in, they know what their names are. And so there's just a vibe to our property. <laughs> now, is that a feng shui thing or is that an Amanda thing? The naming um, of the trees. I would say it's a little bit of both. It's, it's definitely an Amanda thing. I've always had um, a sensibility and an attractiveness to nature and trees in general. I feel like, you know, I, I communicate well with trees. They get me. But feng shui uh, is many ills of feng shui can actually be rectified with nature. And nature is such a great way to adjust a lot of things and heal a lot of spaces and, and, and make us really change our personal chi because the, it really lifts us up. And it's probably one of the reasons why you love the color green. You know, green is such a hopeful color and it um, we actually use green a lot in feng shui because it brings compassion to us and it can calm our temper and it can, um, make us feel really grounded. And so, you know, when it, when it can do so much for our chi, many of us are attracted to it. So that is a great way to really get those good vibes, really touch all aspects of your life. And it's so simple to do. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> well, did you want to include another one? I, I know that you've um, definitely gone over time and you've been so gracious with giving us so many tips and I'm very appreciative. Uh, did you, you were going to mention one more before I asked you about your front door. I was just going to say, uh, when you are really working on the energy of your home and if you're just starting out, obviously the front door is something that is extremely easy that you can do. And then just paying attention to how particular rooms feel. If something does feel a little bit more, um, stuck or stagnant, you know, you can, um, go through there. You can sage. That's definitely something that you can do. But one of the things that we do in feng shui is we use oranges. Orange peels are quite auspicious and you can sprinkle the orange peels around your house. 
um, or I get asked a lot, can I use orange essential oil? You can, it's not quite as effective. The real actual orange is quite auspicious. Having a bowl of oranges is quite auspicious, but if you open up an orange, and just take a big whiff of it. It's just it just immediately changes your chi. It, it uplifts you. It makes you feel good. You can sprinkle those around the house. You can you know smell them. And the other thing that you can do if you want to cleanse your personal chi, you can take those orange peels and put them in your bath. It's one of the best ways to heal your personal chi and boost it. As long as they're organic, though, right? Because otherwise yes. you get all the residual stuff yes. on the skin. <laughs> it's so um, funny that you say that because I just assume, like, for us, you know, uh, green, crunchy people, I, I'm, like, <laughs> so into that with non-GMO and organic <laughs> and, you know, being a veggie. It's like I just assume, and I, I forget sometimes that there are people still eating processed shit food. <laughs> well, it's, it's true, yeah. But that, especially if we're using them in those ways. Um, I'm just wondering, though, about, you know, ants and other creatures and pests that may come into the home if we're using food around it. I have never had a problem with oranges. I don't Mm -hmm. ants out our way don't particularly care for oranges just because they're bitter. But even so, if that is an issue that you have, then you can crack open the orange and you can put the orange pills in your pocket. I mean, done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. Amanda, it's been great talking with you. This has um, really been fantastic, and I'm sure that people are just hanging on the edge of their seat here and trying to figure out, you know, how do they get an assessment of their own home, their own space? How do they contact you? What's your website? Give us all of your deets. Yeah, so the best way to stalk me is to go to my website, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, gatesinteriordesign.com. All of our information is on there. But I would also encourage people to check out our podcast, which is Home Energy Design. I not only have really great, uh, inspiring interviews on there, but I do, uh, I have a lot of feng shui uh what I call more mini-sodes on there where I educate people on just little tiny bite-sized things that they can do. So for example, I just did an entire episode just around how to set up a meditation space if you don't have space to do it. Perfect. So little things like that. I've done an entire podcast just on the front door, which we touched on today. So I try to make it very consumable and very easy to understand so that, you know, I, the last thing I want is for one, I don't want people to fear it. And two, I don't want people to be so overwhelmed that they don't do anything and they get paralyzed by it. I want everybody to experience the magic around what feng shui can do for their life and just really touch into all of the miracles that can open up to them, you know, and get the excited, elated side of what feng shui can do. And then I would encourage people to check out my YouTube channel. I have, I do a lot of floor plan readings on there. Um, which is our specialty. We do those all over the world where people will send in their floor plans to me and I can take a look at it and say, oh, you're experiencing high blood pressure. How's your marriage doing? It doesn't look good. (laughs) How about your career? Let's fix that. So I do a lot of those, but I do, I've got several floor plan readings on YouTube so that people can see what the heck that is and what that looks like along with uh, educational videos on things that you can do around your own home to get the feng shui right. Um, I have several videos on the top five disruptors, the Bagua map, things like that, the tools that we use uh, to help people better understand what it is and 
and how it can benefit their lives. Wonderful. Uh, Wow, this has just been chock full of all kinds of chi and information. So um, again, really appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, I'm looking forward to looking at a number of your your tools and your your YouTube channel. I mean, all of these things, just great information and all free and accessible for us. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. 